0: I'm going. To, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to record. Pull this mic right up to your face here. Smell it, but don't taste it. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's what I usually say. All right, so get right up there to talk. Cool. Um, so what are you saying? I'm not, no, I'm not from Shrewsbury, not originally. I, tried. I, I, um, I grew up in Wrexham. <laughs> <laughs> which, which for a Shrewsbury uh, town uh, podcaster, um, <laughs> it's not going to be a great thing to hear. I mean, I, I, I kind of liked being around the town with a, such a big football club. Hmm? But I couldn't necessarily always go <laughs> go to the games because I was English. Yeah, yeah. And you and you'd think, oh, what? It's not it's not nineteen forties anymore or how it's in Wrexham. But in Wrexham, um there was a big problem when I was growing up with like the Welsh and the English. You yeah, know? Yeah. And so I I'd turn up if I'd turned up to games, I'd get chased from the stadium <laughs> easy and the, by the time it finished. Uh, we did and then <laughs> I actually did this one thing. I was in the cadets for years. Um and they were like, well, and we going to go and do a parade in on the on the on the pitch in front of all these people?" And there's uh, all my yeah, school yeah, friends going, oh, "Look at him! <laughs> you know, give me some grief!" So.
1: No, yeah. it's not quite so bad anymore. I think it's there's a very big difference between the Shrewsbury fans and and Wrexham fans. We're quite. An old Pull this right up to you. Sorry. Sorry. We're, we're quite an old, um, what's the word? Uh, like conservative, like the town yeah. fan base. So you don't tend to get too many crazy things like that happen in Shrewsbury. But I've noticed there's this generation of young kids coming through now that are a bit more looking for trouble. It's, a
0: bit more boisterous.
1: Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. There we go. Anyway, I just wondered because you do, what your, your podcast, what you do at Shrewsbury is really good, I think. There's nothing else oh. out there promoting things that are going nice. on in the town. And I wondered whether you were a Shrewsbury lad or you, you know, where were you coming from?
0: The part of it is to, um, explore why I fell hard in love with this town you, you know what is good. it what, what's so magic about this place because it's not just me you know there are different people all over the place that uh, you know they're not aren't necessarily from Shrewsbury but will, will mm-hmm. die hard or Salopians
1: or adopted Salopians. Really? And I, I was like, yeah.
0: <laughs> what about you? Are you from Shrewsbury originally?
1: So, yeah, I always say I was born in Shrewsbury Hospital. My mum and dad were born in Shrewsbury Hospital. My kids were born in Shrewsbury Hospital. My wife was born in Shrewsbury Hospital. We'll probably all die there. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't really moved. I grew up in Montford Bridge, outside town. So I was a bit of a country boy and then moved into town when I met my wife. Oh, okay. uh, and lived here all life. But I've been in town since I was six. Do you know what I mean? It's really? something that's been in our, in our See, blood.
0: I, with football, I mean... Sacrilege! I grew up in Wrexham where I couldn't really support the team. Okay, <laughs> uh, my family were all United supporters. You know, it was uh, growing up around that, and I was a bit of a black sheep. And this is uh, during the days when, like Rude Hullett it was uh, Chelsea, and everything. Everything seemed to be like really like I don't know, draw me towards Chelsea, and I became a Chelsea fan. And I get so much. My dad is a West Brom fan. He's from West Brom. So he's like, you should be support the town that That's you're from. You're I was team. like, I live in Wrexham. Really, you know. <laughs> So yeah, I kind of I had kind of football spoiled for me in that res- in that respect.
1: Right, yeah, well, it's, it's, well, I suppose we'll do. You know, I don't know how you want to record this going on in a minute, but um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting because I think about what you do with people and all the things going on in Shrewsbury. But I maintain as a football fan, there's nothing that brings thousands of people outside of our t- town in here to spend money to maybe spend some time in the town and yeah. get to know it as a place than the football. It happens, it happens, you know, half of the 52 weeks a year it's happening and it's a it's a good thing for the town. Take away how good the football team is and how yeah. passionate football fans get about it. For the football, for the town to have a football team, it's really important, I think, and there's only 92 clubs that get a football league team and we're lucky to have one of them, really. Exactly, and it's a, you've got a nice new
0: stadium as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, Anyway, first of all, let's introduce you properly. Okay. So you're Glenn. What's your surname again? Sorry, Glenn Price. Price. I thought it was Price. I was gonna say I didn't <laughs> want to take a gamble because you know it
1: could could be wrong. You know. It's quite a Welsh name. Yeah, yeah. I'm right. not Welsh, but yeah. there you
0: go. <laughs> I get i get so much tr- i get so much grief on my on my other podcast of being the Welsh one. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not even Welsh! <laughs> yeah, I've
1: read that all um, my
0: life. <laughs> uh, so you're Glenn Price and you do the uh, Salopcast, uh Yep. Um which is the Shrewsbury Town podcast. Mm-hmm, yep. That's amazing. Yep. I love that. That's it's good. That's really good. You know, I came in here. I came, like, oh, you know, I'm. I'll, I'll do the one and only Shrewsbury podcast. But I always <laughs> say to people, but well, there is one that's about the town, the Shrewsbury, the football club and uh, I think it goes hand in hand doesn't it? You know, Yeah,
1: it, it's interesting because we were the same we we started our podcast in 2016 knowing nothing about podcasting you know, a, a friend of mine called Ollie Warner I used to play in the Town fans team with him so I'd got to know him through that in sort of the early 2000s and wanted someone who was a bit sensible we could do a podcast with and, and we kind of have, have known each other and been good friends since then so we thought well we'll start it, try to figure out I'm sure you yeah. did the same thing yeah, yeah. and sort of bought a microphone off, off Amazon, tried to figure out how to work Audacity <laughs> on my work laptop and ours is very basic and, and and pretty simple to record with, to be honest with you. But we just we just got to where we are now, um and it's seen really good growth over the three seasons. We've been doing it just from having a go, and I think that's the main thing about podcast that I like is that you just just have a go and see if you can. I'd do love
0: it. to. I'd love to encourage a lot of people to get into podcast, and they, mm. they, because you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, subject matter out there. Yeah. Whether it's football, whether it's movies, whether it's there's a, I mean, you do podcast, you know, there's all these true murders and crime, crime ones that are smashing it at the moment. Yeah. I started off like you. I started off with a, a blue snowball. Me and my, mm. <laughs> me and my uh, my friend James. Uh, we started doing my my other show, Thor's Kin, and um, we we would meet up um, via uh, Google Hangouts. Yep. Without without with our microphones, and then like you said, no, well, actually, he used to record it on OBS. You know. Yeah. Okay. Right. OBS is a um, one of those uh, uh, programs where you can record your gaming on a PC. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But you can bypass it by just using the audio, mm-hmm. you know, so we used to do that. But, you you know, you can meet up uh, on, on, like, Skype or Google Hangouts, yeah, yeah. record. You'd Like you were saying, you record two separate bits of audio.
1: Yeah, so um, Ollie, Ollie doesn't live in Shoesbury, the, the guy I do it with. He lives in uh, Redditch. so obviously he's a fair distance away, and he can't be coming back. We do it every Sunday night, yeah. so we watch the game on the Saturdays, um, and then we record on Sunday nights and, and get it done then. So, yeah, he sends me his audio. We normally start at 7 finish about 8, half 8 and then I just watch Spanish football on the TV while I'm editing it oh, right. um, okay. so it's more football on top of football um, and then once it's edited we get it out on a Sunday night and normally by the time we go into work on a, on a Monday morning we've had sometimes up to 500 listens straight away people really want to listen to it on a Sunday night I don't know if it's because it wants to send them off to sleep or they're just interested here especially when we've been doing the podcast during three very interesting years at the football club yeah. we've gone through four managers now we've um, had a very close you know, run into the championship last year we've had an awful that was year amazing. this year yeah so it's been like a really good time to come of the club, there's been so much going on that it's really enabled us to get a fan base, a, a foot in the fan base, really, in terms of having a, a presence because there was nothing I'm really like impressed. This. You get yeah.
0: 500 downloads an episode, that's really amazing! Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, no, that's just on the first day. Sometimes, I mean, some of the biggest ones we've had in the last few weeks, we did an interview with the club CEO, which did about 1,500, um, and it's still going at the moment because it doesn't really have a time on it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting. But most episodes we get at the moment are between seven and 800. But as I say, there's a lot of that's going, fantastic, a lot going on, oh, man. I'm and really a lot proud of you swearing. <laughs> Uh, See, like,
0: I mean, I mean, I make this show for for like everyone, you know, yeah. because I, I I see it as, you know, not not even like if shoes be being conservative, because I'd love to do like a blue version of this show. Cause I think some people would <laughs> listen to it, but I want to make this show something that everyone can listen to. But I do do a, a very raunchy R-rated podcast <laughs> as well, because it's good to wear two different caps, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, like this, I like to. Uh, Yeah, welcome to the Shrewsbury biscuit. You know, I I like to, I like to, you know, get intellectual and find out about Mm. things. um, But then again. You know, it's really good to have a few beers with your mates and just let loose, right?
1: And, and with football, it's passion, do you know what I mean? And, and, and I was to explain to you before we kind of started recording that it's in my blood. I've been going since I was a kid. Like my mum and dad go, you know, my kids are coming with me now. It's a real family affair. It's something, it is my main hobby, do you know what I mean? I yeah. absolutely adore supporting my football club. And um, so there are times where something's going on that is frustrating or is, you know, driving you crazy, whether it's the players <laughs> or the manager. And, and sometimes that... that um, expression of you know a swear or a sort of getting angry sort of thing comes across but then we've had a lot of positive feedback for telling it like it is and I don't think you can really do a podcast unless one you're passionate about it eh? and two you're, you're honest about what you're saying and um the foot as I said the fan base have never had anything you know we used to have paper fanzines I'm sure you're aware of yeah, yeah, yeah. those things and I used to do one um we started that in 2005 and so it's kind of an evolution from that really in terms of having fan media yeah because otherwise as a football club you just get parroted out the same old sort of messages about this was good we lost 3-0 it wasn't good I went now I spent spent 100 quid going to (laughs) bury to watch you lose 4-0 it's you want a dose of realism and I think that's why it's done so well is that it's it's given people at mine and Ollie's view of the match, but sometimes that resonates with people.
0: Have you have you
1: found that the the podcast helps people cope with these the bad <laughs> scenarios that the, the club goes through? Um It, it depends. As I say last year it was all really positive, and we we were kind of part of the the <laughs> whole drive towards the championship. And oh, I saw it; it was everywhere. There's posters exactly. everywhere, There's support your team on
0: Facebook, everything, it was yeah. just crazy. Wembley twice
1: as well, which is yeah, incredible. It never yeah. happened in the football club's history before. Um, We've still never won at Wembley, but that's a whole <laughs> other sore issue. So when it's good, you know the positive ref- the, the podcast kind of reflects where the football club's going and at the moment we've, we've obviously had two one manager who was awful another manager that started really badly then um, and it's been quite negative I suppose this year but we, we, we'd like to think of ourselves as more considered like you say we, we look at what's going on why is the team performing like it is you know, quite what's going wrong, what's going on upstairs, you know, trying to just look at the whole football club. And even we do look at the community side of the football club. So what they're doing, you know, the off field stuff that's going on, it's not just focused on what happened in that 90 minutes. We try to take a whole view of the football club because, you know, as a football fan, you you want to know everything about a football club.
0: It's good to have like a a real strong passion for for Mm -hmm. this kind of thing, because, you know, we all have the humdrum, go to work, come home, go to work, come home, go to work, come home. So when it comes to the weekend, I guess it doesn't really matter who chooses we are playing. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's a big game, then you're more pumped up for it. I guess, but yep. you know, you've got that. You've got that as a hobby, and then you've got the podcast as well. Yeah, you've, yeah, you've got your own little punching bag.
1: It's a bit cathartic, I that's guess, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I love doing it, regardless of whether people would listen to it or not. We've always said, me and Ollie, that we actually, we really enjoy doing it because it gets you to sort of kind of put it together that next yeah. day so you've seen what's happened on the Saturday you yeah. know we we've, we've been in trouble this season with the relegation but you give yourself 24 hours to try and calm down and then try and put it together and see yeah. you know what's our route out of here what's the manager doing why why did we pick a player there what's he doing with this player and it's and it's led to us having quite a lot of interesting opportunities so we got to interview the CEO which is not something I know that's happened very many times with, with sort of fan media before and then Two weeks ago, we got invited in to see the manager as part of this focus group that he started. Wow. So I think it's interesting that you know um, we're we're having a, a an, an influence in some respects yeah, because people are listening. I don't quite know how far that goes, but it certainly gives us an opportunity to you know take things in that we would not fans not don't normally get to do i suppose and and then feed that back to the fan base not in any kind of Trump triumphal way we got invited just just us feeding back to everybody else what what we thought of certain situations so it
0: sounds like you've got quite a bit of support from the club then with your podcast
1: yes and no i suppose it's interesting that for for the first year or so we didn't i think it was seen as a little bit of of a of a troublesome thing but um that goes back a long way in terms of fan media and the football club always had a bit of a, a clash, even paper fanzines or message boards. that's Green Street. Yeah. And, and not like, not like quite that, quite that way because the football club when wants journos. to yeah, more, more like that, I suppose, yeah. is that football clubs want to have their own narrative out there and they don't. And a lot of time what fans talk about is rumours that are not true or, mm-hmm. or things like that. So it's always been that they wanted to keep it in house, but I suppose in some respects recently, there has been a little bit more acknowledgement that it exists and, and a potential to try and work with it or use it. Um, which is fantastic. And we've got a really good CEO, Brian Caldwell, at the moment, and he's done so many good things at the football club, working with fans, that we've been able to plug into that, I suppose.
0: Um, I don't want to, like, poke football with a stick. It's never <laughs> a good idea, right? But it would be great if you could, as a podcast, bring kind of football fans to the here and the now, I guess. Because, you know, there's a lot of um, lot of behaviour and kind of language and, and kind of the way that mm. they kind of communicate with each other. that's very old-fashioned. Would you not agree? Would you agree?
1: Well, you yeah, look maybe? at some of the things that have gone on in football this week as well that are just not exactly 2019. You know, something it, racism in Italy this yeah. week. We had it in Telford. You know, Telford yeah. United had a, had a fan ejected for racist uh, chanting about two weeks ago against yeah. Norrient. So it's you know that side of it as well. But I like to think the football club as itself has moved forward quite a lot, particularly with its community work and, and parts of uh, parts of that. But myself and Ollie are always quite clear about when there are flare-ups or. You know, we did have a lot of fans last season coming along, maybe for the first time, and there were a few incidents that happened at the ground. And we're always quite hard on it. It's I've got there's no place for fighting in football. There's no place for yeah. people kicking off with each other. As far, as far as I'm concerned, I've never had a fight in my life because what's the bloody point of it do you know what I mean so yeah. but I've been around it as a football fan I've seen it I yeah. see that mentality no doubt. No doubt.
0: I, I, absolutely
1: <laughs> I mean I was going in the 80s as a kid and seeing things that were happening sort of the late 80s early 90s but it's nothing like that anymore nothing like that anymore in all honesty was
0: that like the heyday for the, the firms and things or is yeah. it yeah I mean it I it picked up a bit again now I, it?
1: I don't know it was, That all that was probably a little bit before my time still anyway um, football had gone through the, the, the Hillsborough disaster yeah. you know all-seater stadiums and all that sort of thing so there was a big change happening there. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's it's underground if it's if it's anywhere and I don't think at a small football club like Shrewsbury with the type of fan base we've got, it's really anything that we have to consider. We get the odd idiot running on the pitch, we get fans trying to goad each other, but I, I'm also I would also take a step back and say that that is part of culture of football and the the tribalism of it. I would not ne- I would never want that to be taken away completely, but there's a line. You never physically attack yeah. someone and you never, you know, there's a limit to how verbal you can be. And we, we've been pulled up on a podcast for being overly harsh on players and managers for example where's the line we've we've had a debate on the podcast got Where's have line? yeah
0: yeah and that's the beauty of podcasting is you, you you don't have you don't have to censor yourself you don't, yeah. don't have to listen to people you can say what you want as long as you you don't want to lose your your listener base and no. um the problem the problem with being kind of negative i suppose is that uh it, they put a lot of time and money into the club, and they don't want to hear anything bad saying about it. But then again, how, how else do you spur your team to go forward? It's kind of that's all you said. It's a passionate thing, you know.
1: It's a big debate in football. Like some people say, why would you ever go to the football to boo? It doesn't have any effect. There's there's a really there's a there's a, a school of thought on that. Um, whereas I'm the opposite. I can't control my sort of not temper, but I can't control my passion during the game, and I will boo if something's been poor. Um, but the football fans are a very you know disparate base. Everyone has so many different views on exactly how to be a fan that it, it you know you'll never please everybody yeah and as you said you can only be honest about how you feel about football if people don't like it they don't have to listen if people do like it i'm, I'm assuming some people do because they do listen so um, every fan's different about the way they approach a match and how they how they, how they approach what's going on on the field yeah, I suppose
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, what 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 are your thoughts on kind of football at the moment? Are you enjoying football and that is there a period where you would like to revert back to or <laughs> because there seems to be an awful lot I mean I can't speak for the lower leagues obviously I'm yeah. a big watcher of the prem, but um there's a lot of money. A lot of mm. money at the moment in football, and it's kind of it's, it's it's a bit sickening at times, isn't it? You know,
1: there's a lot of money at the top level in football. Yeah, um, being a supporter of a lower league club is a is a completely different game. In all honesty, I mean, yeah. our football club has is one of very few football clubs, and this is something I'm very proud of, and most Shrewsbury Town fans are, and it needs to have a wider airing. We are one of very few football clubs that runs with money in the bank and no debt to anyone. You know, we've got a local man that runs the club and we we run it within our means. It means we're never going to really push on to the championship. Last season was incredible, but it, it, the chances of that happening again are probably quite low. But, you know, um, for example today some news came out that Sunderland spent more on agents fees last year than we've spent on transfers for probably the last six years and it's that was just crazy. for agents it, Absolutely, it, it's a different nuts. ball game and they're in our league this year it's crazy yeah it's mad really <laughs> it's unbelievable yeah.
0: um, and what, who, who owns Shrewsbury again I completely forgot Roland
1: Witchley. So he's a sort of like a self-made local bloke. He's always from Shrewsbury, I think. He made his money in like catering, um, vending machines and stuff back wow. in the day in the eighties when they were sort of the cash cows. And I think he's just invested well. But um, yeah, in terms of, of what he's done, he he bought the football club when it was on its arse down at the Gay Meadow, flooded flooded stadium. Yeah, yeah. Then it had a lot of debt. Then, and over his tenure, we've managed to sell that, sell that to housing, make a load of money out of that, yeah. build a brand new all-purpose, all-seater stadium. Which is great, by the way. I love that yeah. new stadium. Yeah. It's brilliant. It does a job, and um, and yeah, and so we've now got no debt. And so the football club was saved really by him. And, he, and like any chairman in football, he gets a lot of grief when things go wrong. So managers this year, he's been seeing a lot of grief from certain fans. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, when you look at his tenure so far, you can't really complain about where he's taken us from and where we are at the moment fans will always want to kick on to that next level and I suppose that's it's, it's a case of trying to find that strategy to do it what
0: happens with um, say like I mean by the way I, I do remember last year and I was quite fond of it <laughs> because I'd not long moved to Shrewsbury and seeing the whole town getting behind their team it was amazing it was, it was something special I'd mm. never really seen that before I mean I know how it can be because uh despite rex having quite a small kind of football club they were very passionate about yeah, their team yeah, yeah, yeah. and they went through something similar as well they nearly lost their team i mean they they were nearly sold their state the race course and he sold it for housing like you said yeah, the yeah but they had nowhere else to go they were completely like they were about to get wiped off the face of the mm. earth and they kind of got saved and now they they built this nice new stadium with a big new stands uh, and I think they've got a stadium that's far too big for the team that they are <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, the but yeah, I'd love to see them uh, do a lot better. But you know,
1: it, it's funny as a Shrewsbury fan. Like if you pick, if you if you said to me, "There's one team that you could have a rivalry of every season," to me, despite the fact we haven't played them since 2003, it'd be Wrexham. So yeah. Growing up, they were our, our local rivals, and, and we had some really good games there. They were yeah. always passionate, always well competed games at Game edward or Racecourse Ground, and. Um, you know, we kind of miss those. And now we don't really have rivalries because all of the other teams around here went bust. Hereford, Telford, Chester all went bust and yeah. Port Vale are on their arse. Um, there's, there's not many teams around here really that have got any money and, and they're at our level anymore.
0: I remember there used to be like quite a bit of trouble growing up in Wrexham. I remember we went to, uh, I went to a, have a few drinks when I was, I was, I was late teens, mm. maybe. No, maybe, I don't know. But we went to Town Hill, which is in Wrexham. Uh, <laughs> I went to, People listening in Wrexham will know where that is. Uh, I went to somebody's house. We were having a few drinks. And it was an upstairs flat. And we could hear all this noise. It was at the back of uh, Liquid and Envy, if you know where that is in Wrexham. <laughs> and uh, we looked outside and we had, yeah, I think it was um, possibly, was it Warsaw fans. Could have been Warsaw fans. They're troublemakers. Yeah, yeah, there was Warsaw fans and then there was like direction uh, front frontliners on Ikenes Raxam Wrexham. And I was I was trying to get a taxi home and no taxi would come on the street because of all the trouble. <laughs> so I was like I guess we go back inside then and stay the night. Yeah. So we did and like, we came down the next day and they'd put in like two or three house front uh, shop fronts and they'd caused all this damage. <sighs> and from that moment I was kind of like no. <laughs> I'm not into this whole football firm the, the, thing it's just pointless I agree
1: with you and, and and the sad thing about what ha- what's happened in the past with football and it still happens at certain clubs at certain times of the year for certain reasons is that it has you know you're you're coming across it, you watch some Premiership football and, and you're not you know you're not a Chiefs fan but you have a perception of football because of things that have happened in your lifetime yeah, and, yeah. and I can't pretend that I haven't seen things that are happening and as a football fan sometimes you look the other way and think oh, well I wish that sort of thing wasn't happening but as I said before we, we, when when we've had things happen last year there was a little bit of trouble with Bradford around the back of the West End
0: Stoke as well a few weeks ago yeah yeah and we, yeah. We,
1: we're always quite it's just like me and Ollie just throw our hands up and say what's the point why people why do people feel it necessary yeah, yeah. to conflict with other but
0: the, the the police are pretty good at getting Quick, quickly getting yeah. on it and uh, the point of my story my Wrexham story <laughs> was to say that when when, when Shrewsbury were going for that for that run up towards the championship mm. it was just such a breath of fresh air to see everyone behind their local team yep um, and as well like you know you get people that have supported this team for. I mean I've never experienced that obviously because I from Wrexham to Tel, uh, Telford to Wrexham to here I've kind of never lived in the same place all my life so I had Ron Morgan on here. He's a, an author. Okay. He used to do uh, travel and tourism and college and stuff. And he was like, uh, "He's he's getting on a bit," you know, and respectfully. And he was like, "I've I've loved such shoes all my life." Good was man. Like, it's really nice to hear, yeah. you know. And we've been to a few games. Uh, we went to um, the, oh, was the most recent one. We went to Blackpool. I think it was the last game we went to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's great to take the kid out, you know,
1: free. I mean yeah, that's that, another good thing the football club do your, your kids under 12 are free yeah. you know there's not many again not many football clubs are doing that in, in the football league and um, I, I talked about Brian Carwell our CEO you know another one of the ideas that came through working with our supporters parliament that we've got yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I take my kids and they're they're free when they go, and and I take them to away games as well, which they absolutely love. We have great away days, <laughs> going to all these random northern towns. And uh,
0: what, <laughs> so, what's a what's a what's a match day weekend consist of for you then?
1: Uh, I suppose it depends if we're home or away. Uh, for a home weekend, in all honesty, I try to just um, keep it as, as tight as possible because I know the away games, I spend a lot of time doing those. So yeah, yeah. I'll just wander up the game, probably forty five minutes before kickoff, catch up with some friends, maybe at one of the local bars up there, and then normally come straight home unless we've got a sort of night out planned. But away games are a bit more different, so we're either going away a bunch of us you know on the train for for a weekend for for a day away on the on the train almost few, on your jollies few ales. yeah <laughs> we don't do it as much as we used to now in our mid you our mid 30s coming on to 40s now but um we still do occasionally do that or i say what i've started doing is my my children are now 10 and, and and sort of getting on well my lad will be eight this year we will get up at sort of eight o'clock in the morning we'll drive to say If we're playing Bury or Rochdale, we'll drive to Manchester. We'll do something in Manchester. So two weeks ago, we went to the um, massive indoor play center, which is under the ski slope in Trafford Park. Okay. Brilliant. We've done all sorts of stuff, mini golf, trampolining. So they get something to do in the morning. I drag them along and they're tired. And then they come to watch football in the afternoon. So dad gets to watch that. They have a bit of sweets. It keeps them quiet. And then, yeah, we have a really nice Saturday. So my wife's a teacher. She gets all the marking done on Saturdays. So that kind of works. So that, that's generally my vibe. But in all honesty, sometimes the lads will want to go out for a drink afterwards or we'll meet up before. We might watch a premiership game for. So all sorts of things happen. You know, it's a, I have a very it flexible, sounds like the flexible perfect life. weekend.
0: I want to come with you <laughs> to watch football. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to gonna take, me, take me. In, oh yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, no, I, I do want to start watching a few more games. And this is what we said last year. We went to, I think, oh, was it West Brom? It was one of the warm-up games. Pre- yeah, that was a yeah. Yeah. And we were like, "Do you know what? Right, we're living in Shrewsbury now. We've got to, and I would love to get behind the local team. Hmm. It's just money, you know. I can't afford a season ticket, and I can't afford to, you know."
1: It's, it's, yeah, I just renewed my season ticket today, and and it was three hundred and ten quid, which seems like a, a big outlay. But that's twelve months' entertainment. No. Each game works out at about eleven quid for an adult for across the whole season. Which How many she, games do you get in every single? That's for the twenty-three home games in the league. Anything yeah. like cup, um, you have to pay a little bit more. You, you pay the, the normal price for. Yeah, but yeah. normally, season ticket holders get priority, and they get a bit of money knocked off as well. So the club does look after their season ticket holders. Um, and if you do it on a finance deal, you know you're paying 12, 12, you know fourteen, fifteen quid out of your direct debit every month or whatever it is. You know they you wouldn't notice it so much then but um i like to get get things paid and get them out of the way. I don't know, I don't like having things I did not know you can do it like that, that's yeah, a yeah, great yeah. idea. Well Zebra Finance normally do it, but they decided this week to pull out and they were doing the finance deals for probably 50, 60 clubs in the football league, so everybody's left scrabbling around at the moment for Oh right,
0: so you're gonna get half stands. Yeah <laughs> it's not ideal. It's look like a Man City game. Yeah, I don't know. I mean we
1: have we have about I think we have about three thousand two hundred season ticket holders, which is not bad. You know, average attendance this year is just about six thousand two hundred, so almost half the people come in are sort of season ticket holders. I think that's key. You know, you want to retain those fans. They're your hardcore. They tend to be the ones that go away as well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've had my season tickets since I was a kid, and in both stadiums. You just tra- tra- transferred <laughs> across. Transferred <laughs> across when we moved, and uh, at some point soon, I'll she'll be getting my children one as well. But you know we're, we're waiting for them to get a bit bigger. Yeah, I quite enjoy my Saturdays at home where I sit with my mates. I don't actually take my kids to the home game so much because that's daddy's mates', uh, uh, mate's, mate's <laughs> time. <laughs> 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 they know that now. They're old enough to understand. <laughs> Too much beer flowing and yeah. uh,
0: and, and, and adult language. Um, Definitely. Adult language, do you have a uh, Do you have a season that, if you thought of a season right now that was your favourite, what, what would be the first one that kind of springs to mind?
1: It's, it's interesting. Last season was fantastic. It was probably one of the. It was the best season in terms of the performance of the team and going for the championship that I've had, which is odd because I've been you know going since the 19, uh, 1990s but there was one season when we did get relegated to the conference where Wrexham are now. Yeah. And we were going to all these random football clubs that we'd never been to before <laughs> Farnborough, Aldershot, Dover, Lee RMI. Wrexham. Wrexham, <laughs> Wrexham, actually, Wrexham was still in the league at that point, um, oh, wow. but teams that don't exist anymore. And for an adventure, it was a really good season. I did every game that season. Um, I was at university, so I just wasted my loans and stuff on it. And so I went to every game and started playing for the fans' team at the same time. So it was getting to know more and more Shoesby fans and starting to, for the first time, get involved in our fan community that we have. Um, which has essentially led to all of the stuff that I do now, really. And um, so in terms of a sort of season it was quite a defining kind of growing up season for me as well so I I absolutely love that season the football was mostly awful and we did get up at the end of the year so it had a happy ending (laughs) Um, and we did a a conference uh, season special at Christmas it was our Christmas special on the podcast this year we recorded it just around the corner from your house at the Prince of Wales Wow. Um, we had the Ian Jones I think his name is I think he runs the pub there and uh, three or four of the other fans that we had sitting down open mic and we just talked about our memories that season it was brilliant just kind of remembering all the weird stuff that happened and you know memories that people kind of had there's nothing
0: better and uh, getting a microphone in front of people <laughs> and going, right, nostalgia, let's go. It was it's-
1: ace. Yeah, it was really good. And people were just bringing up stories that you'd forgotten. You're like, oh, such and such did that. Remember, remember at Lee RMI? And do you remember what you were shouting at um, such and such, at the, you know, one of the managers at Dover or whatever it was? And, do- you know, things about Dover, like we, we said on the podcast, but we played Dover away on New Year's Day and it wasn't at Dover because their ground was condemned. So we had to play at Margate, which is just <laughs> as far. And just to think I drove all the way down there on New Year's Day went all the way to watch that game we scored with a scruffy late goal and the, the 200 fans that were there that day I always remember you know you kind of know most of those 200 fans and uh, it's, it's really good the the, the memories and the there's not nostalgia at football is so strong that's one of the things that you, you go out with any football fan and if they're talking to another fan from the same team they'll just go off you can kind of get isolated a lot of the time what? I think we do that to people sometimes me and my mates when we go out but uh. <laughs> what
0: well, how do how do you like say fans from a conference team compare to like of the bigger teams, I guess you can class usually as a bigger team. It compared to Smollett mm, Dover. Yeah, yeah. How 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 do they compare? Do you know, with I
1: I don't think fans I don't think fans differ between Man United and Dover. But yeah. If you're if you're a passionate fan and you go home and away, or you just go to lots of home games and you love that club and you invest your time, effort, and money in it, you're no better of a fan than anyone. It doesn't matter who you support really. Um, you know, I sit in the office and then there's the other kind of fan that does chirp me a little bit, which are the ones that come in, you know, bowl into the office on a Monday. Oh, May United this, May United that, blah, blah blah. And then I and I've asked them, "Have you ever been to May United?" Okay. No. Are you from Manchester? <laughs> no. no. No, I've been to Manchester. Feel like me, my no, uh, my Chelsea. <laughs> that's, that's fine, but you know, and, and who might tell someone they can be passionate about it or not? But as a as a fan that does invest that time and money. I can't be bothered with talking to people mm. about football like that because I just think I, I see a very different side of it. I'm no, I'm no more knowledgeable about the game. I'm not a coach. I've never done branches, yeah, but You've got but- a passion.
0: You've got a passion. And I, I've, I've people on the show will be like, oh, here he goes again with his passion. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm a big fan of, like, if you've got a passion, do it, man. Yeah. Unless, unless, you know, it's something to do with drugs or murder. <laughs> like, let's, let's, uh, let's do what you want to do. Um, but yeah, I'd love to get behind uh, Shrewsbury a lot more.
1: Leave it till next year. We might be a bit better. Yeah. (laughs) I
0: don't know, though. I think you've got to follow your teams through the. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, yeah. Um, I like football, but I like English football. And, like, I see. I feel like uh, I'm not racist and I'm not, like, anti-Everything England, but there seems to be, like, a lot of big Premier League clubs that I'd be like, they'll play the minimum two English players. Mm. I'm a big Chelsea fan and they'll have Barkley on the bench. And play Hudson uh, oroi is about it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like it's really frustrating, you know, because you remember big. A lot of the big teams used to have like, you know, half an England team in there. Cool. Yeah, you know, and it makes me wonder, like, what, where is it going to go? Uh, when, when, where's the biting point? I mean, well, that
1: ship sailed a long time ago. In all honesty, once the Premiership money came in and you know these clubs could go away and buy players from foreign countries who were who they per- perceived to be better than our young english lads then that was gone and young english lads find it incredibly difficult to to get games and so Luckily for a club like us, they sometimes drop down and we get good prospects. So last year we had Bang United's Dean Henderson, who was yeah. a fantastic goalkeeper and all definitely. I, loved,
0: I I've got footage on my phone of uh, <laughs> Timmy in the stands going, oh, "Dino, he's brilliant." Dino. Yeah. D, he loved it. He
1: loved shouting that. He'll play for England. I'm, I'm convinced of it. Kids, he's fantastic. Kids, brilliant. But we also had Ben Godfrey from Norwich. We had Carlton Morris from Norwich as well, um, and and a couple of others this season who we've got from sort of bigger teams as well. And it's a case for us to to use those sorts of players and use the problems with them trying to struggle to break through into big teams. I fans generally
0: feel about that? It depends know? how good they are. <laughs> <laughs> if they're not really good they don't
1: normally get remembered but if they're like the ones we had last year, they, you know, even though they played for us for a year they'll, they'll be remembered really fondly and they'll be invited back or welcome back whenever we play other teams. They'll be clapped, you know what I mean? Yeah. Might be a long time till they ever play us again if they, <laughs> with their trajectories going up. Uh, do
0: you think it kind of spurs the young the youngsters at Shrewsbury to do better, or do you think yeah. you know?
1: It's, it's it is tough because then you've got youngsters at our club that then find it harder to get through yeah, because yeah. we've got other team youngsters and we end up loaning them down to conference teams. Or Telford have got yeah. one of our lads at the moment. Really? Um, that shows where Telford are.
0: Talent, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talent
1: tends to find its way through, um, but it can be very difficult. So we have got one good lad called Ryan Sears, who's a right back that is a local lad that we hope. Comes through, but we've brought through Conor Goldson. We've brought through Ryan Woods, who are Conor Goldson's play for Rangers now. Week in, week out for Stephen Gerrard's Ryan Woods is playing for Stoke. Week in, week his out. His names ring a bell. because yeah, I play you, football manager. There you go, exactly. And and Joe Hart is obviously the biggest yeah, proponent of it. Yeah. And then prior to that, we had Dave Edwards, who's a lad from Pontbury who came yeah. through our football club, is a massive Supertown fan, and just resigned back for us in in um, January.
0: Wasn't Marcus Rushford here? Like, he was watching one of his mates, yeah. who
1: is a Man United lad that we've signed, uh, Rashawn Williams. Yeah. So he was he, he hasn't signed for us
0: unfortunately. Oh yeah. <laughs> can you imagine that? Rashford would been like, no, Real Madrid, I'm going to Shrewsbury. It's worth more than our
1: football <laughs> club, I would imagine. You know, our, our whole football club's tangible assets are about 14 million quid. I should imagine that Marcus Rashford's worth at least 80, so yeah. it's probably worth at least four <laughs> Shrewsbury towns, the if way the walk market works. In, be like,
0: this is my club now.
1: Uh, it is sad the way it's gone, though, with money, because you've got so many whole, old traditional clubs like ours at other towns like Bury, Coventry, Bolton, and they're going through terrible times at the yeah, moment. Especially and Coventry. They've been through pretty- they're about to they haven't got a ground for next year. Berry are about to go into administration again, I would imagine, and this time it might be terminal for them. Bolton dodged a bullet earlier this week with a new buyer, but it seems like they're out of the frying pan into the fire. And so one of the things that I say about Roland Witchley as, as a chairman, he he does it very programmatically in a very Shropshire way, I would say but we're never going to overextend ourselves. It might mean that we have a cap to how we can get, but we're never going to end up in a situation, hopefully, where we're worrying about the future of our football club because that would, rip, like most Super Town fans, it would rip me apart if I thought our club was going to go to the wall. It would be devastating. So well, well, we're never going in to get that, there. In
0: that circumstance, then, are you guys in the right place then? Because, I mean, imagine as soon as, like... You know, say the, the, the sky opened and the, the stars shone on whatever, but say Shrewsbury end up in the premiership for the, the three <laughs> years. How, how, how do you think a, to a club like Shrewsbury that's run things under the radar and kind of act, like you said, as you are in the green or constantly, how do you think that would change? Someone, would, someone would buy
1: it. And yeah. someone would take it in a completely different direction to what it's been since the 1990s and anything could happen, to be honest with you. And we could end up like, you know, 10 years down the line, you could end up like Bolton. You've Someone came in, creamed all the premiership money, and then just left the club a husk at the end of it, and that's what's happened to a lot of these clubs that have lost their Premiership status. So yeah. there is there is ambition, you know. As a football fan, I'd want to see us competing at the highest level. I think the Premiership is, you know, an incredibly lofty goal for any Shishby Town fan. The Championship seems the Championship has become almost like the Premiership was twenty years ago. It's now that's becoming almost a closed shop. Even there, you know, the yeah. the, the money between those two leagues. Um, it's good for us to be back in League One. We were traditionally a Championship club in the eighties. You know, for, we stayed up there for a long time. But football's changed, and it would take probably either a really, really good season like last year and us just getting over the line or, and the next owner to come in with maybe a little bit more money to keep to the same principles, but maybe just push it a little bit further. But you're always playing with fire with football and there's been tales and tales of lots of clubs that have just... Had massive rises like Blackpool, got to the premiership, yeah. crashed right back down and now in massive trouble.
0: How are you guys, how's, how's be doing for like gate receipts and things like that? Is, do you see like a rise every year or does it kind of fluctuate at times?
1: Yeah, so attendances have been going up generally since we moved to the new meadow. So we, we were starting at about 5,000-ish um, and we're up to over 600 hundred, an a 6,000 is average now, so obviously that takes in more money. Yeah. Um, we, we are we, we have good financial records when we put them out you know they're, they're well respected we don't have a huge amount of money behind us uh, but we don't we don't have any debts so that means that we can compete in our league but we don't we can't you know if we were going to buy in a player and Sunderland came in who were on our league now they would just blow us out of the water and I'd suggest that maybe two thirds of the league could maybe blow us out of the water with for wages so it's about being clever and smart and trying to get in deals early and looking at three-year deals instead of maybe one year to try and extend it. So there's lots of things a football manager and a chairman driving
0: do. a rather nice Mondeo rather than a Mustang. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and at the end
1: of the day, you can spend you know two million quid on a player at our level, which we never will, um, and they could be rubbish. You know, they, yeah. there's still that risk. Every signing is a complete risk. So it's it's just the big game signings and building squads, and yeah. you need to have the right manager at the start of the day and, and see how they get on. Um, and we had that with Paul Hurst. Whether we've got it with Sam Ricketts, who we've got now, I think the summer will tell us that.
0: Yeah, mm. let's talk about a bit about your show as well. Because yeah, what do you guys do? Do you, do you have? Uh, you said you spoke to the CEO. Do you have other special guests on there? Is it kind of a regular thing for you guys?
1: So it's myself and Ollie Warner regularly present it every yeah. Sunday night, as I said. And then we get like a few Town friends on that we've known over the years. So again, with a football base you have a, a community of fans that we've got to know over the years whether we played football with them meet them at away games people we've known for years so i think we've had on in the i think we've done 124 episodes now um and i think we've had on maybe 40 guests already which is which is quite good some of them yeah. come on quite a lot because they're really good do you know what i mean we, we've got some really passionate fans like me that are well spoken and, and yeah. give those sort of things or people with a bit of stand in the fan base like the sports parliament chairman or um we've had various people come on um so yeah we've we've had lots of people on and, it, and it's good fun actually and my brother comes on a lot and my, my brother is just like me he loves it as well and um <laughs> so when he comes on ollie can get a bit sidelined sometimes because i love chatting to the football oh, t- chatting to my brother about the football but um yeah it's a bit of family fair my dad's been on my mum has been on my, <laughs> really? my, my son and daughter at the end of last year because they went to lots of the games I, I got my mic out on a sunday night just before i recorded with ollie and i said record me we'll record two minutes of you guys tell me what you thought of the season and it was like a you know classic little kids sort of talking about football and I didn't like that or why didn't we get promoted dad and it was really nice actually for them to be part of it as well so I've often
0: thought about Timmy throwing him on here but um He's a bit young yet. Uh, He'd talk a lot about Mario, yeah, that's for go. sure. That's you know. As you walked in, he sat there with his Mario hat on, playing his Nintendo Switch. Oh, bless him. Uh, that's how life is. Um, and so, do you with these special guests that come on? Have you got fan favourites that come on, like the you know the Johnny Vegases of, of Shrewsbury? I don't know that. Uh, it's
1: hard because a lot of my friends, to be honest with you, everyone, yeah. everyone that's come on has been really good. And, and last week we had a, a guy called John Dorsett come on, who everyone knows as Scooter in the fan base. I'm not entirely sure where that name comes from, but he's been going since the '60s. He's one of the yeah. old boys. And he was a bit nervous about doing it. He honestly said he'd never listened to a podcast before he came on. And I said, Look, come on, we'll just sit in my front room and we'll put some earphones and we'll talk to Ollie about football like we talk at away games. And he was a bit nervous to start off with, but he was, he was brilliant. You know, he brought his thoughts to the game and <laughs> everyone that comes on has got something different to say or we don't agree on everything and it ends up being more interesting because I think a little bit of a disagreement makes it more interesting, I think, for a football podcast. And I think it's interesting because Ollie, the guy I do it with, is quite studied and listens to like a lot of the football podcasts, the Football Daily Guardian ones. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I'm, I live on passion, I just say what I feel. I, I don't tend to listen to any football podcasts, so it gives us like... A sort of not a straight man and a funny man but it gives us a bit of chalk and cheese as well that makes it interesting um so i can't really say it. i can't really say who's been my favorite guest because everyone's everyone's been brilliant to be fair but you know my what? brother will be moaning at me that i didn't say him now but never mind <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get it in the neck
0: now. that's it you're in trouble uh i work on a football podcast actually i oh, do I, I do voices and uh, I, I work for a show called on the left side all right and they're a big they're a comedy football show they didn't Pick more fun at the Premier League and the mm. you know the Liga and stuff. Awesome, uh, but it's great to be part of something like that because yeah. you know there's a lot of people that enjoy that sort of thing. Um, so, what do you do for a living? What do you, what? I'm a transport
1: planner. Oh, okay. Very interested, eh? Hey, so what does <laughs> so that involve? Some, if someone puts in a planning application. So say they're building houses or a wind farm or a quarry or anything like that. Then my my role is to prove that that does well not prove to try and show. Um, that it won't knacker up the local roads. And there's lots of things you can do with that.
0: Okay, so like when... Because I one about building a few houses around here. Yep, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, and the response was, we already struggle for parking. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know? So
1: parking's one of it, but, you know, do the junctions work? Will there be enough capacity... How do people get there and back on a bus? all oh, well. it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. So this this week I was working on a project in the Cayman Islands. Unfortunately, no site visit, so I <laughs> had to do it just from the office. But it's um it's for a big like National Company, so we work all across the world, mostly in England, but it's a really really varied job. So I've been I my job's kind of in um, major infrastructure, airports, power lines, and stuff like that. So I find infrastructure
0: such really a, interesting, a mind boggling thing. Mm. So you're almost a statistical analysis, really, aren't you? It's so a lot know? of
1: numbers. Lot of, lot. So my career started as a modeler, which was basically computer models of junctions and stuff. So it was all very statistics-based. And now as you go on in any career, you become more of a manager of people yeah, and yeah. projects and stuff. And that's what I've ended up being now. But I've worked on some really interesting projects, like um, Northwest Connection Project, which was a power line that was going to go from Carlisle to Moorside Nuclear Power Station, then south to Barrow, under Morecambe Bay to Hesham. It was like a hundred kilometre of new power line. It would have been the biggest thing National Grid have built since the 60s when they originally built all the yeah, pylons. Yeah, yeah. It was all going ahead. And then Hitachi pulled their money out and it never, got, it never got built. So we spent two and a half years working on it. Millions of pounds, not just for our company, but for loads of companies, tens of millions all just gone. Dead. Oh, that's crazy. Frustrating, but that's just consultancy, I'm afraid. It's the way it works. Because so. there's
0: lots of lots of changes coming to the UK. The the, yeah. the, the, the railway line they're building at the moment. just yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So just had someone from our office leave to go and work on that project. Um, and uh, funny enough, someone else who works in our office lives right next to the railway line. So they were like, I'm coming to get you now. Because obviously, living right next to this new railway line was yeah. not what he planned when he moved into his leafy place in, uh, I think it was Burton or somewhere like that. But um, yeah, so HS2 is one of the big infrastructure projects. I'm working on an airport at the moment, for example. And there are not many new airports coming forward yeah. in this country. So it's, it's very interesting that. Um, There's still stuff being built, despite all this talk of there being no money, austerity, Brexit. Stuff infrastructure has to get built. What was the new
0: the new the new road they're putting through the bypass? Yeah, yeah. yeah. but you saw it in the paper and you're like, oh. (laughs) Yeah,
1: there's there's some other consultants uh, working on that. Unfortunately, that ship sailed a long time ago. The funny thing is when I say when someone asks me what I do as a job normally, and I say a transport planner, they go, "Oh, do you work for the council? When you said that, I've never worked for the council.
0: Do you know what I thought when you said transport planner? (laughs) You're going to laugh. Those guys that stand on the end of the runway with the, oh, the,
1: the light flares and their hands, directed planes. So. be an easier job. I'd, I'd probably take that, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, yeah, so I do that. And then I say... Um it means that in terms of jobs, nine to five office work, or I do work in evenings oh, as that's well. Handy. So Sundays and Saturdays, football—it's it's easy to do that. Um, and obviously, being an office job as well, it kind of gives me the opportunity to check up on podcast numbers and the, yeah. Yeah, this, this, that, and the other yeah. during my lunch breaks as well. So um, it's quite good. I do do a bit of site work every now and again, and get out and have a run normally when I'm doing that, just to break it up. But yeah, it, it's it's an interesting job. I, I love it. Most people would say it's incredibly boring, but I absolutely love it. I imagine <laughs>
0: it like your your head. Running like a calculator, you know, and Mm. and as soon as you get to football, you can kind of just
1: yeah that's that's, you, that's the. Yeah. I think everyone needs a, regardless of whether it's football or not everyone needs a, an outlet don't they they, they, do, need, they need an outlet for, for things that go on in life because life's never perfect is it at the yeah. end of the day and if you've got something you can invest your time in I'd say you know it's, it's really useful so my two things are football which obviously is one of my passions as yeah. we just talked about but also just running I absolutely love doing ultra races and just running for really? like I need to get into that. I mean stuff. I'm
0: trying to lose a bit of weight <laughs> I made a joke to you a few weeks ago about doing the Shrewsbury 10k did you do that? You
1: I've done that? it like every year up until this year it's the first year yeah. I've done it yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I made a joke saying, because uh, I'm trying to lose a bit of weight anyway, because, uh, you know, I've got boobies, uh, but no, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe if I should train for the next year's 10k as yeah. a joke, and everybody got on board, and I was kind of like, oh, it's no, good now I need to learn how to run, so, you know, i got I got gym membership, I'll start making use of it, but I, I want to start, like, running around here, but I'm going to lose a bit of weight first, because...
1: Well, we're lucky, aren't we, really, living in Shrewsbury. This is one of the things about the town that I love, is that it's it's got a massive park in the middle of it, which is beautiful That quarry is
0: beautiful. I mean, I, we, I take my little boy, you see all the bikes and stuff behind you. Yeah, like, yeah. We like to go for a wander. We're in a lucky place to be, you mm. know. Stones throw away from the river. Um, I do remember, actually, the one day I, I kind of um, made a mistake with the river. I uh, I went to do a, an interview at the uh, the Ark oh, yeah. in town, and uh, I, I had all my stuff with me. And I, what I'd done is I'd finished a night shift, and then I, I'd parked up, grabbed my stuff and went straight into town. Uh, I got to the high, uh, to the arc, sorry. I I did my interview. I was absolutely shattered. <laughs> so I grabbed all my stuff again after the interview. And I thought, I'll go down. Is it Mary Southwater's way? The little hill as you cross the road down into the, and I thought, walk along the river towards Bellevue. Um, as I was walking along, I was halfway along. And I realized the water, the river was flooded. You're going the other way. Oh, it's, far. oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, I was like, I was that tired. I was that achy. Was it deep? I walked straight through the water. It was up to my ankles. So it wasn't up deep, but like my, my, my kicks got ruined and I squelched all the way home. And it was just one of those things. I was like, oh, I love the river. Yeah.
1: Well, this is it. This is, I say, I say to you before we started recording that I was born in Montford Bridge. So having a river has always been part of my life. You know, I lived right next to River Seven my entire life growing up and then moved into town, obviously. And it's part, of, it's, you know the, the River Severn is synonymous with this town isn't it it's part of it's I, you know, it's, I of its history
0: I hadn't driven that way in a, in a while because obviously like living in Wrexham I used to go that way yeah you know? and we then I by- drove past and I was like where's the white pub gone there was a yeah. big giant white pub and
1: now there's like two houses there I was like when did, when did that go well when we had the bypass in the 90s and, and the funny we're going off on massive tangents here yeah, but yeah. I quite like it but the, I would say that of a large percentage of the reason why I ended up being a transport planner is because of that bypass being built when I was growing up in Monford Bridge I was fascinated really? with that build, road being Built as a kid, like right in my sort of, I don't know, nine to twelve as an age like that, with cars. Really, you know, playing with cars stuff. (laughs) But seeing a massive road get built was that, and then I was always fascinated in infrastructure. And then every decision I made with my career was aiming towards travel, traffic, roads. I bet you'd
0: be uh, brilliant at uh, SimCity or. I was you know, obsessed with SimCity growing up. Yeah, Vegas, really. Yeah,
1: SimCity, any kind of city builder game and um, yes, I love stuff like that. Uh,
0: but this is what this is what the show's for. <laughs> this show's designed to find out more about you, let your listeners yeah. know more about you. Because, like, how free is your show? Is it just football or can you kind of go on these kind of tangents? You know? We,
1: we often. It's a bit. Now, it's quite focused, to be fair, about football, but not yeah. just what's happened on the pictures. say so we try to cover our, um, our fan base and, and the. I say a lot. A lot of stuff we talk about is what's going on in terms of social media and how people are talking and the reactions and stuff because yeah. it, it it does play a part in how a fan base sort of can turn. At some t- times, yeah, yeah. We, we turned against our old manager, and there's been people saying that we were a big part of that in terms of how we were talking and reflecting the rest of the fan yeah, base. Yeah. Whether that's true or not, I'm still not 100 percent sure. To be honest with you, I suspect there is a there is a grain of truth in it. So it's quite, folks. But you know, I, I'm off. I will come across in that podcast when we talk about it, of being passionate about my town, not just about the football club. You know, I'm born and raised here, as I said, and yeah, yeah. this is my town. And so so yeah, that comes across I think, but we, we are quite focused, and I think we, we like it being just about the one thing, and and yeah, of course, it kind mm-hmm. of is a it is a recurring episodal thing about Shrewsbury Town Football Club, and and um, yeah, I like to talk, but <laughs> I could talk about anything to be honest with you, but yeah, I, do, like, I do I do like talking about football. <laughs> you kind of need
0: if you're gonna run a podcast, you gotta know <laughs> how to talk. I mean, we've just. um We've just. I've reached out. I've decided that this this thing this this podcast is too big for me to do by myself. Started off as a little thing and it's kind of developed into something big. I mean, I, I I went to an event a while ago. Went to a room full of people. Got introduced as the guy from Shoes with Biscuit. And some lady was like, "Oh, I follow you on Twitter." Asking, and I was kind man. of like, and I was like. That's great. You know, so this thing is getting big and I want it to get bigger because the whole idea is to raise the profile of the town, even if it's just by 2%, you know, just do what we want to do. So I decided to bring in a team. We've got uh, two new people starting on the show. And what I did, (laughs) as I said, okay guys, uh, if you would like to send me a video of of you just talking, just talk. (laughs) Right. And, uh, I know how awkward that is, okay? I, the reason why I'm bringing people in is because I hate to monologue. I don't know if you have a monologue for your show.
1: Uh, no, luckily, whenever we've had one of us being away, we've always got other guests in. But uh, to be honest with you, I would say that we don't monologue, we rant. There's a yeah? big difference because, like, I'll go off and... I, I've, Ollie, Ollie said to me when we finished recording something, she goes, you know you would talk for four and a half minutes there. <laughs> I was like, what? It's just When you're really into something and you're laying it all out, you could just go away, don't you, sort of thing? Yeah,
0: it's crazy. <laughs> but,
1: like, at the beginning
0: of the episodes, I like to do, like, a... Uh, an intro, you know, mm. so sort of like this is what this is about. Welcome to the shoes of biscuit, you know. Well, I do it staring at my clock, <coughs> my clock Uh on the wall, I'm and sorry. yeah, I didn't want people to get the wrong idea of that one. <laughs> uh, I do it staring at the wall, and it's it's awkward. So for me to say to people, send us a, a video of you just talking, it was a, a hard job. But we've we've it got is. we've got two new people starting. My friend Shane, uh Shane Hinton, good friend of mine, he works with me on on Thor's kin and uh, a girl called J- uh, Jody. Uh, we're gonna meet up at the weekend. And it's gonna be I'm really excited. Really excited because you, you've got three Getting people Getting to
1: new, know people is the kind of the point of the, the whole That's thing, the beauty of this show, and I bet yeah. you find that
0: with the podcast as well. Yeah, we what do. You do, you know...
1: It's it's a bit more interesting because you're in the same boat we do. Whereas when we get guests on, they always come to my house to record, and a yeah. lot of the time I'm thinking, I don't know this bloke. I'm inviting him into my house with like you've yeah. just done it with me. <laughs> I've just wandered in your front room, met your wife and kids, and like who's this coming into my house? But as soon as you get to know someone, it all settles down, and you, you can kind of judge someone. But um, so generally, we've always invited people on that I know. But we're starting to get to the point now where we'll invite people on we don't know, and obviously you, you should won't know these people. And you it's, know, uh, it's, it's quite good actually. Mm. I
0: feel like all you can do is ask. Yeah, I mean, with, uh, with uh, other projects I work on. I am speaking to celebrities. I have no right inviting <laughs> on my show, and I, you ask them, and then go, "Yeah, okay." So uh, maybe there are some ex footballers that you, you that you maybe had a stint at Shrewsbury. Is there anybody that you would? Is there a wish list that you've got?
1: It's funny because we're into our third season now, and we we started off the first season. We just did weekly episodic Sunday night podcasts. Second season, we tried to do some specials. So we recorded a Christmas special. We did an end of season review with the the guys that um, present on Radio Shropshire, Mark Elliot and um Lewis Cox, who writes for Radio uh, for the Shropshire Star. So we got them on. That was kind of like we we didn't really know them too much at that time, but yeah, yeah we got to know them. But we're starting to do more things now outside of just a regular podcast to give it a bit more. And one of the things we do want to do is interview people, but. I'm interested to hear what you say about that because we're at a point where I've never interviewed anyone in my life. You know, I I do a podcast, but I've never really sat down with someone to ask them okay. questions about their career or anything like that. And there's a football fan who grew up watching these people play and has a, a sort of like a, a rever- sort of a reverence to them. I would, I personally think I would find it really awkward for about the first ten minutes until it settled down to interview. Dave Edwards, or you know, one of these players I grew up watching, who's conceivably younger than me. I think <laughs> I think you'd be great because you you quite you
0: very similar to me in a certain respect. You kind of very outgoing, and confident. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, what I tend to do is, I mean, I didn't do it with you because I I thought I'd run an experiment. I said this to my wife. <laughs> I said, "All right, okay, I, I've got my book here. I run the, the show on the same sort of ten questions that kind of segue into each other." Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I've interviewed so many people now. Uh, I remember the first person, the first person I ever interviewed um that was was charlie adlard okay i we messaged him for the other show and i said would you come around he's local he writes for draws for the walking dead yeah. and you know famous man this guy's famous uh and he was like yeah sure i'll come around your house and i was like oh, what <laughs> i wasn't expecting it and he came around my house and uh, it turns out he was a nice guy i bought in loads of posh tea and posh biscuits and things and i was kind of like
1: they're not out tonight. Yeah, no, they're
0: not out tonight. No. <laughs> <laughs> My wife, I can have a figure roll. You no, a figure roll? Um, <laughs> no. um, And he came around. And he was a really nice guy. It made me realise that these are just human beings. You yeah, know? I think uh, that's,
1: that's what I would think eventually, is that you would you would understand that there is no yeah, difference yeah. between me and a professional footballer. If anything, they would probably just be nervous think about it.
0: With football, the, the interesting thing is, I got this book out for no reason. I didn't even show you the question. <laughs> I'll show you at the end. Uh, but um, the, the, the thing is, there's more to a human being than football. I think if you could find out... What would they do, right? What would they um, What would they do instead of playing football? What was mm. the one thing they took them that took their mind off? And what happened after football? Yeah. What would you do to the story?
1: It, what inspiration?
0: Yeah, it's just so much to find out about someone. I think
1: that's what we used to do with the fanzine. We used to interview people by by email. But a lot of the questions we'd ask, which we found the most interesting, were ones that were not about what happened. What did you think when you scored that goal against such yeah. and such? It was more like <laughs> like funny stuff, really, to do with fanzines because there's a comedy element to it. And and we used to get some really good stuff out of it, to be fair. And and, and I think we've been I've been putting it off because I just think it's something different to say. I'm not any kind of media expert. I'm not, you know, I'm not any, I don't perceive myself to be too good at this. (laughs) I think it comes across well on the podcast, but we're learning as we go along and we still make mistakes, I think. Um, But the interesting thing about it is that the whole reason I personally ended up wanting to do a podcast other than being passionate about football, football was when I grew up in Montford Bridge, one of my best friends was a guy called Colin Bloomfield who used to, basically, we all grew up in Montford Bridge, me and my brother and Colin, we were sort of inseparable when we grew up. And he went on to have a career in the media. And he went on to work for BBC, and he was a presenter for BBC Radio Structure at first. Then he went on to host the Drive Time show, then the morning show in BBC Radio Derby. And his career was just on the path of heading towards maybe Five Live or something really significant. He was doing fantastic. He also did football commentary. So he he commentated for BBC Radio Derby on Derby for years. He was doing brilliantly. And unfortunately, the, the poor lad got really unwell. Yeah, I mean, within the course of about three years, he passed away, and I remember sitting down with him, you know, not far from sort of that sort of thing happening, and talking to him, and and we we'd often talked about podcasts even back maybe five, six, seven years ago, um, and he was saying you have a go at doing something like that because I used to like doing radio phone ins and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. I'd always try and have a go at doing stuff like that for the club, um, and so that was one of the reasons why we ended up doing it. Really, was I kind of was motivated to do it in the end by colin passing away which was really sad because if there's one thing you'd ask me for if there's one thing i'd change or one thing i'd go back to it'd be that colin could have listened to one episode of our podcast because yeah. in, in essence for me it is kind of a, a little bit of a memorial to col um but yeah that's it's funny the way that life takes you sometimes isn't it i suppose mm. it's
0: uh, it's 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 good that you can you can do that though, though. Mm. we can do this everyone anyone can do this and your, yeah, but, your yeah. podcast has proved to me that there is there's an audience out there for everyone you know and even the smallest towns, I mean, Shrewsbury is quite a big town, but I mean, even the smallest towns, there's so much going on. And I, I've i met, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of us around here that do podcasts. Yeah, you know? I didn't know
1: until I met you. Or we talked yeah, talk to yeah. you online, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you've got a far bigger audience than me, but that's because you have 6,000 <laughs> people sat in the same... Captive audience. Yeah. Um, we're,
1: still, we're still blown away by how many people listen. I mean, we, we're almost, we'll probably go through 100,000 all-time listens at some point in the next... I don't know, six months I'd imagine, we're up to 70,000 I think, Um, and we get good numbers every week now, and and the the thing that I think is, you must have the same thing as me, a spreadsheet set up with numbers in to track what's going on, we sort of see what's going on with with the listens, we host it on SoundCloud, and um, they give you some good stats there, and and so we see growth every three or four weeks, we'll check it, and you've just seen a little bit of a step up every time, it's never massive significant steps, but we're growing, we're growing, we're growing, and this season again has seen it, and when we started, we honestly didn't think there'd be that many people to listen. Cause you say you got a captive audience. You've got to remember the fan base of Town is generally pretty old yeah. and not of the podcast generation or generally people that listen to podcasts so much. I know that's Great a sweeping point. generalization, but it is true. And we're, we're starting to now break into those people, I think. And, you know the word of mouth gets around we've done n- literally no advertising other than using social media for it we've not printed stickers up or got adverts in papers or anything like that. it's just been through word of mouth by us working people we know in the fan base i bet you'd love to stand in
0: the middle of the pitch picture have a megaphone and be like
1: listen to sell <laughs> make some money out of it that'd yeah. be ideal but unfortunately we're a long way from that um but yeah we, we say it costs us money to do every i'm sure it's the same thing with you. we you. we pay our 37 pound each for hosting on soundcloud new mm. mic every now and again um and fixing laptops when they break. Other than that, you know, it's it's pretty cheap cheap venture to do. That's what I mean. They say that anyone could do it with a decent mic. And, they and could. Do
0: and you're doing. I'm I'm so proud of you guys. That's you really know. that's really really good. And I'm glad you brought up the point about the older generation, um, because that was the, that was one of my, my main goals for this show. You know, hmm. is to try and get people introduce people into podcasting because it is a verbal magazine. Yeah. You know, and uh, one that's about your hometown. Like what the shoot. This is meant to be. It means that you, you you always have like a connection to what's going on around you, and that's what I like to bring. And I'm glad that I like to bring different things. I mean, we had um, we had a, a guy that was doing um, a, a rap battle uh, a few weeks ago because they were like- doing rap battles up at the uh, up the. Uh, it was a good bottle market.
1: It is a fact for you. I once did. I once hosted and played out as a DJ a hip-hop night at the bottom market.
0: Yeah, really? That's fantastic. <laughs> one
1: night, Subterfuge it was called. And me and my brother did it. We basically put together a playlist on this thing called, I think it was on LimeWire. LimeWire? Wow. And uh, <laughs> linked it all together and then just pressed play. And these people kept coming up to ask us to do stuff. And we were like, I'm not sure how we know how to put new tracks in. It was like we were doing a favour of someone as a part of another night. But I always dine out on that. People just, what's one thing about you you no one would know? I did, a, I did a DJ set in the butter market it was
0: a hip hop DJ set <laughs> I always imagine like when you go to like see like Calvin Harris or something on stage and he's got this big box around him and there's all the speakers why is he playing and he's just sat there playing Angry Birds yeah he's yeah. not lost, is he he's not bothered, he's not bothered. <laughs> there's no need I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that but <laughs> I should hope so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for the money that you get. Oh, man. Um, So where do you want to take this this show then? Would you like to do spin-offs? Would you like it to grow? I mean, it's growing anyway. What what was the goal be? Uh,
1: It's tricky (laughs) because... We're both family men. Well, I've yeah. got two kids, and Ollie's just got married last summer. and Had a fantastic wedding, which I was, I was lucky to be invited to. So we do it around our lives, to be honest with you. And it's more—I think it's more a passion project for us. Yeah. It's something that we love doing, and if it grows, that makes us happy and we're excited. I think that the aim is to do what we were talking about before—maybe do a few more different interviews, um, get some some interesting content out there that we've not been doing before, um, and just to see it grow. I mean, they have something called the Football Blogging Awards every year, where potentially podcasters of football clubs can be nominated and potentially win quite a prestigious award. I'd like for us to be in the consideration of that within. The next three to four years, a lot of those things you have to buy into, then not you? And, and also, it's really hard for a little club like Shrewsbury with a small fan base because a lot of it's voted by players. And, and if you're up against what, what is the daddy of them all, the Anfield rap, the yeah, Liverpool yeah. podcast, um, you know, they can have 50, 60, 000 fans voting for them, you've got no chance of winning it. So, <laughs> but it'd be nice to be mentioned in something like that because we are, we think it's we th- we personally think what we do in terms of a football podcast is a little bit above what some other football clubs have got yeah. we put a high degree of professionalism into it we do try and keep our audio as clean as possible we try to do the best job possible and we don't ramble on too much we keep it pretty focused and I think that's what people want to hear I don't think you, you going off topic or talking about our lives too much is really what our our listeners want to listen to. No, they want much. to hear the football banter. Don't yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. And and it's funny. We'll drop the occasional thing that's happened to us. In like the other week, I drove up to Rochdale to see shoes we play. Yeah. I got there and then I realised I'd driven to Berry by accident, which is the town across. Yeah. <laughs> and so my little my little <laughs> lad. had would say to me, Dad, we're in Berry. We're not in Rochdale. I was like. Oh yeah, we came to very early this season. Why are we back here? So things, and I think this is sort of like the um, the story of your football supporting day, and and the, like the question you asked me before. I think that's more of how we do it. But yeah, in terms of what I want from it, I just want to keep enjoying it and then keep going keep, keep building going. it. You keep know, going, building it yeah. with the fan base. I suppose I say one day, it'd be nice to make money out of it, but I can't see any perceptible way for that to ever happen. So I've already abandoned that idea. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, that's that's always the goal. Isn't it? Well, it's not the goal. I mean, no, I got a full time nice. job as well as I do this. I exactly. Just, I just don't stop. I mean, somebody mentioned earlier on the biscuit page, like you just don't stop and i don't i work on two podcasts one that's just gone quite big uh, and this one i really i'm pushing to try because i'd love to stand in in the middle of the market market square and be like guys listen to my show you know because the, i think the, the bigger that like shows like ours go the more yeah. profile shoes we gets and the more people listen to what i'm talking about if i'm talking about a business or an event and that does well as well so it yeah. kind of
1: you know I, I actually I, say as, as a as a, a layman who only found out about your podcast what was it maybe last, last six or seven eight weeks however long it was I, you know I wasn't aware of it up until that point where I kind of tweeted exactly, you and to say oh there's someone it's else hard, doing a podcast in there and, and it's getting that it's getting that recognition and that that visibility but I, you know I'm certainly as far as our podcast happy to help kind of put it out you put your podcast out around our fan base because our fans are generally all Shrewsbury people and yeah, I would want to yeah. know what's going on in Shrewsbury and, and I've listened to a few episodes. I didn't listen to one about the lady that was doing the yarning because I didn't quite feel that was in my wheelhouse. But no, that's, that's <laughs> But that's, that's the beauty of
0: my show is but, you can yeah. pick it up and you can put it back down and it's good. You know, I like that. You know, I like speaking to, to like authors and mm. artists and business owners. I mean, I spoke to Mike from Stop Cafe and I've spoken yeah. to Becky. Ridley. You know, there's, there's so many like bright, vibrant, creative people in Shrewsbury and if you're, if you're, creating a podcast if you're if you've got running your own business or if you're doing something that i think is amazing like ron morgan's a brilliant guy he wrote an amazing book um so i'll get him in you know it,
1: it's funny i was thinking about like if i was doing your job because I, I like i've obviously lived in the town all my life Think oh, that person's really interesting that person. Someone, the people that run the Shropshire Shufflers Running Club, I bet if you ask them, they'd be really interested. Well, Ron,
0: Ron is the one that started the Shropshire Shufflers oh, Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. I, was, yeah.
1: I, was, I didn't know. There's a lot of Rons in Shrewsbury, so I yeah. wasn't too sure where it is. But yeah, know there's lots of there's lots of different groups and stuff within Shrewsbury that you know working you know, on a football side of it. You come across lots of different yeah, things I as bet, well, yeah. business chamber and all that sort of thing. You have got a very wide pot of people to eventually talk to. Exactly, well, Shrewsbury's up, bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite privileged, to be <laughs> honest. I'm, I'm quite
0: glad. I said to my wife jokingly, "There's a the in betweeners joke. I got a, a pod."
1: Friend, oh, friend. It, it was a bit like that. I, I was talking to the guy that my, my obviously my co host, Arlie, my mate, and he was like, Oh, yeah, I noticed he called you the host and didn't mention me. I was like, I hadn't told him I had a co host yet, he was, getting, <laughs> he was getting his nose point out of joint. I was like, Oh, well, that's it, you know, I'll be swanning off now doing it with him. And he was he was laughing, but um, yeah, it's nice to have, and that's the thing I think you'll enjoy if you get someone else working on this with you, is you'll yeah, get yeah. to have someone who shares the passion in the podcast as well. And, and, and that's
0: what I want to bring. I mean, with Thor's kin, I don't mind mentioning Thor's kin now, I used to be worried about. Mentioning that on the biscuit, but I don't mind now. It's a very R rated show, and I thought, oh, reputations and things like that. But (laughs) that show's very different. It's it's almost like a a Top Gear esque kind of like bantery show, you know, where we give each other grief (laughs) is the word. Uh, And I wanted that with the the Shoes Biscuit. I wanted people to bond with the new uh, guests as we kind of bond. Shane, I've worked with, and and Jodie, I'm looking forward to working with too. It's going to be really, really good. I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and also it adds a different dynamic because I bet you and Ali have different opinions on different things. I bet you, ha- have, you had the, have you had the odd argument on there now? We have, I mean?
1: we have. I was saying that's what kind of makes it interesting though. You don't want everyone to agree. And we've had guests come on who we've strongly disagreed with about certain <laughs> things. And it might be the most minor point. It might be like, that was a pen. That wasn't a pen. and we'll have a That big wasn't offside. We'll <laughs> <have, laughs> yeah. Exactly, something yeah. like that. And we, we have our sort of ongoing, uh, what, what you might, you might call uh, our long-running jokes. So we had a centre-back uh, right back. Called Jermaine Granderson, who played for us for years. I loved oh, him. He yeah, was yeah. a really skillful uh, bloke, but he was also a massive powerhouse. Yeah. And one year we got promoted um, up back into League One, and he was, he fancied himself a singer. He used to put things on Instagram and of him singing in a really high pitched voice. And so we went up <laughs> on the balcony of the stadium, and someone gave him a microphone to sing, and it was it was it wasn't very good. Everyone was in tears. And anyway, I loved this. I loved him. He was one of my favourite players for the last <laughs> few years. But Ollie never rated him. Never hated him. Didn't yeah. think he was a good centre back, never. and so we constantly have this thing where he's like the benchmark. Whenever we want to disagree <laughs> about something, we always bring up Jermaine Granderson. So we do have these like on-running jokes, I suppose, that regular listens, listeners will sort of crack onto. But um, yeah, there you go. I even managed to get Jermaine Granderson on this podcast. Shows how much I love him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, let's give your your podcast a, a proper good shout out there. Go Where on. can people find you? Tell people about your show. What it's called? Wait, so go.
1: it's called Salopcast. Um It's hosted on SoundCloud, but we are also on iTunes, Spotify, and loads of other like our, um, you know the Android yeah, Podbean. App, uh, podcast yeah, it'll be on all of those catchers, ones. So it gets it gets yeah. RSS feeded onto all of that. Um, it's there. We we basically record it on a Sunday night and it goes out on a Sunday night um, for the regular episodes. But we do also put up um, a fair few specials. Um, if you go onto our Salopcast SoundCloud account, you'll see that we've actually got playlists of all the seasons so it's by season Um, and then we've also got the specials in there if people want to go and listen to those Um, and yeah it's there and it's not going anywhere (laughs) what about about social media what's your handle oh yeah I should have said that actually because one of the funny things about it is that we've got a Salopcast Twitter account um, which is where we do most of our sort of interaction with the fans Um, but being a football being a football based um, podcast you basically have a wide variety of sort of social platforms that go on anyway, that are yeah. not necessarily ours. So we have a, we have a Southcast Twitter account, which you can follow and, and that gives out all the episode information, but my actual Twitter handle is B fanzine. So as I said, my fanzine is where I kind of came into this from, um, from that. And that's got like, I think it's got three and a half thousand followers and, um, is probably more of a pain in the, in the backside to the football club than maybe the podcasters. <laughs> I wear two hats. I think I'm a bit more, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm much more considered on the podcast because I had 24 hours to calm down. But the but the Twitter is like instant tweeting at the game.
0: I bet that's a nightmare. I,
1: it's, it's fun. It's really it's really good fun doing it. Do you I've not got get a lot, lot
0: of abuse on there? Yeah, loads you know? of it. Yeah, but
1: yeah. I I think and can I can have a really long chat about this? And we did on our podcast a few weeks ago about um, social media because a lot of football players have started to suffer. I don't know if you saw there was a report about it and it's really Mm. affecting them, the negativity. And I suppose in some respects, if you put your head above the parapet for anything, whether you're a footballer or a podcaster or a celebrity and you've got a social media account, you leave yourself there to be fired at. And um, it's where that, I I was talking to you before, where that line is drawn. Maybe I go above, beyond that line sometimes. But then on the flip side, I also receive that. But I've got to the point where I'm like, why bother? Why worry, worry about it? You're never going to meet these people. Meet, it doesn't matter if someone calls you a moron online, why? Why ever get worried about it? Yeah. I don't know. Right? No, I don't but, know. I, but I appreciate that some people do get like that. Oh, we,
0: get, we have, I've been dealing with it for a while now yeah. with uh, with all my all my projects. And I think one of my, the perfect thing that I've heard is Kev Smith, who's like, "Don't ever go into the comments. <laughs> don't ever go." Into the, I mean, these footballers they need to learn to if you if you know you're not strong enough to stomach it, stay away from those comments because uh, yeah, it would not help.
1: Well, we had a, we had a player called Marty Holloway who literally, uh, three weeks ago, had a really bad game. He's not very good, to be honest with you. He's a striker. He probably should be a defender. He, can't, he never scores. No. He was getting a lot of grief off the fans and he put on something on social media about the fans later that night. There's nothing worse. It, all that does is make the Poke situation a stick, yeah. It's maybe made him feel a little better, but at the end of the day, it's only going to solidify issues yeah. that you might have with the fan base. Um, but I, I, we don't get too much grief from me Ollie, to be fair, because I think what's on, what's clear of our podcast is that we're honest and it's just our opinions. We're not saying anything for drama. We're not trying to make up things that are going to cause trouble just to make the podcast yeah. go better, it's just our honest opinions, and you can never really criticize someone for an honest opinion, can you? So
0: no. Did the club ever reach out for you to you to send a message? No.
1: No, not really. Uh, no, I, I, it's not. It, it's not the right platform. One thing I'm very defensive about and and quite strong on about the stuff that I do with Twitter and Facebook and. Other things that we've got, you know, the fanzine and the podcast is that it's independent. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't want to be at Caron Tail to the football club. If they want to offer us opportunities like we talked about before, it's fine. I'll go along with an open mind and then I'll feedback what I think. But it's an independent fan yeah, view. You it, want to
0: be able to, you want to be able to be feel free to say exactly. what you like and how you want to say it. Yeah, I'll and there's get, been that.
1: there's been times with the fanzine back in the day where we said what we felt and made jokes about the chairman in poor taste maybe I suppose but that's what fanzines are about and <laughs> we would get called to the football club for a telling off and I'd just give up now to be honest with you if the football club phoned me up and said come in we want to talk to you about it we're not happy with something you said oh, I wouldn't even go it's, it's completely pointless to be that'd be with. like
0: working for Marvel and saying I didn't like Black Panther you know yeah. that would be yeah. the same so well <laughs> I love what you go, what you're doing. I love that I've got a, a pod friend that yeah, lives around the corner. That you can come around for a cup of tea. And you're welcome around my house for a cup of tea Thank anytime you, you like. Um, if you want to, if you want any advice on, uh, on, on on mixes and mics or whatever, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I was going to
1: say you've got more of kit than me and Ollie. Absolutely, I, I I've got someone that knows what they're doing. I, I saved
0: rent. up. For this, for so long. I mean, like I said, we started off with snowball mics and a mic and a laptop. That was it, you know. Uh, So I saved up long and hard for all this, all the cables, everything, because it's not cheap. Um, And I'm already looking to uh, upgrade already. So uh, when I can. Afford it. I'll be getting some new mics. <laughs> I'm going to need to anyway with the new the new hosts. Uh, get need more mics, yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you very much for jo- joining me. No it's problem. been really nice chatting to you, thank man. You, you, you know, like over. I said, I didn't write anything. I, I didn't write any notes. Because this is an experiment to see how what fellow podcasters get on and look at what happened. There you go, perfect. We've done an hour and five minutes already.
1: That's that's pretty short for our podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we <laughs> often go, go an hour and 15 and we're like, we should probably knock this on the head now. Yeah, no, but yeah, That's good. I, I, I think that when people enjoy each other's company, you get you end up getting something that's listening to ball too. So. Yeah.
0: And who yeah. knows, maybe we'll have a couple of beers next time. There you, know, you go. That'd be really good. Good man. Um, so one last question before we go and I ask it for everyone. And if you listen to my episodes, you'll know. Uh, what, what does Shrewsbury mean to you?
1: Shrewsbury is my hometown I adore living here. I'm going to raise my children here in the same way that my mum and dad raised me in this town. And um, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else, in all honesty. It's the only place I've ever lived, really, other than university. And I've been, with work, travelled to a lot of towns, a lot of villages, cities. I've never found anywhere that I adore as much as my hometown. And that's as much as you can say, really, as a true true Shropshire Mon. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: there you have it, guys. Um, thank you very much for joining me. And uh, thank you very much. Uh, peace out. Peace out.